the roads and there was uh, two or three trucks that were parked on, well, they were parked on the bitumen because they couldn't turn around. They were three dog trucks. Were there many vehicles caught out there, do you know? Um, not that we're aware of. We were, did know that that, uh, that truck had parked there on the, on, on the bitumen and obviously he unhitched and headed back to Fitzroy Crossing. Uh, but no, there were too many vehicles caught. We, we were monitoring it all, all Sunday and then finally decided to close it Sunday afternoon. So, so uh, Jerry, um, if all goes well, what's it looking like for the next two days? Well, at the moment, it was been dropping. It initially dropping about two hundred millimetres a day, um, but it's that's slowed down a bit. So it's a bit hard to say how how quickly it's going to drop. Um, in the past, it's taken a few days few days to go down, but it depends on just how much rainfall we keep on getting in the catchment. Um, and and we know, say on Tuesday, there was a fair bit more rainfall in, the, in that area, so it's likely that the water keep could keep on flowing into that area. So um, uh, it all depends on how much rainfall we get, Wayne. So we'll just keep on monitoring what we get and, uh, and keep keep an eye on the water levels. So. Were there any other floodways that were affected apart from just the blinder ones? Uh, there would have been a couple others. Um, um, but most of those other floodways are short and sharp. I do know there was a few closer to um, to Derby where the water was going over the road, but they're, they're, they're not an issue. Um, and we do know that the um, the floodways just uh, east of Fitzroy Crossing at Two Mile, they came up and went over the road there with the, with the river flooding, but luckily the Margaret didn't break its bank, so we didn't get any uh, water across the floodway at Bluebush, so we were lucky there. But, uh, but that, that's needless to say, I mean, we those floodways can go up and down very quickly depending on if there's a big storm in that catchment. So. All right, this is uh, in the valley at Wongi Radio, yeah. and we're talking to uh, Jerry Zutaliff from the main roads. Jerry, um, Jeff again, a, a few years ago there was quite a, a substantial amount of work done on uh, building up that section of road um, to the north of the, the big bridge between uh, Fitzroy and Bailu. Um, that seemed to have disappeared. Is there still plans to uh, realign that road and to make it uh, flood-proof? Um, yeah, well, that, that's the issue. There's still plans to upgrade that section of highway, um, and um, we need to build quite a few more bridges to accommodate the flood flows through there, um, and um, um, and not not make it flood proof. When I say reduce the period of closure, but uh, the costs can vary somewhere between 150 and up to 500 million dollars at the moment. So we're still seeking funding for that work. Um, and coming up with a solution that everybody's happy with and we can advise um, the public and, and, and government uh, exactly what level of service we will get through through Fitzroy Crossing there. So still in the, still in the pipeline, but it's, it's um, subject to funding being allocated in the future. So. All right, uh, Jerry. just uh, I know it's not good to have a guess, but uh, conventional yep. vehicles getting through to the west from Fitzroy... Yep. Um, yeah. Is that a Friday or a Saturday? I would think it'd be before then, the way it's dropping at the moment. But, but like I get, like I say, it's 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 probably at least by easy by Friday if we don't get any more rainfall. All right, um, thank you for that update there, Jerry Zudelich yeah. for, from the main roads. Thanks, Jerry. Not a problem. Thanks, Wayne. There we go. the uh, The floodways at Bliner are now open to 
uh, higher vehicles, four drives and trucks, but it's recommended that because it's over 400 still at the moment that uh, low-level vehicles or sedans don't uh, attempt that. Mm. Now, Wayne, I, te- I hear tell that the uh, there was some water flowing out of uh, a car that you were driving no, back from Broome the other day. No, there was not water. There was not water. That's, uh, that's a nasty rumour. Uh, we did come through that area. That was before it was uh, declared uh, closed. <laughs> and... Um, there is a suggestion that there was a little bit of uh, dampness in our carpet, but well, I did see those mushrooms growing in the in the, you did in, in, in the back. <laughs> oh, we could have a feed later then. <laughs> well, I reckon we should just about go to some music. I reckon that we uh, we should go and uh, have a listen to a bit of um, a good Fitzroy jazz, not jazz, uh, soul. Let's do that. Uh, thank thank you. you. Thank you very much. Great to be back on the airwaves, everybody. Um, first time for 2021. I'd say hello to Marion out of Mount Pierre. I know you're listening out there. There you go. Look, he's, he's trying to sell us his audience already. Now, Tony, you're a new to Fitzroy Crossing and you've got a new role. Um, would you like just to explain where you come from and a little bit of your background very quickly to us so just the listeners can uh, understand who the man is they'll be dealing with with their kids may be being doing a whole stack of programs with? Yeah, sure, Jeff. Um, oh, it's great to be here. And it's great to be in Fitzroy. I'm, I've been living for the last four years in Bijadanga. So I was a... Uh, up the, the emus. Up the emus. Oh, <laughs> yes, we've got a bit of history, don't we? We do, yes. They are, they are a very good team. Not quite as good as the ones in the Fitzroy Valley, and I've got to say that, otherwise I'll get speared when I walk out the door, but they were a very good team. The mighty emus, yeah. I've been training with those boys for four years. There you go. I'm from Queensland, so I'm a rugby league player, but I've had to learn the, um, the, new, the new art of AFL, and I love it. We won't, we won't hold it against you about that rugby league. Good on you. Good on you. Thanks okay. for that. So, now so, listen, I'm the engagement officer or yep. engagement teacher here. So yep. I'm looking after the um, the year nine, well, eight, nine, ten boys and just hoping to get together all those boys who perhaps haven't been coming to school for the, the last little while. We won't be doing school as you know it. We won't be sitting in the classroom doing a math science sort of subjects because some of those boys, they haven't engaged for quite a long time. So... My um my plan is to to run school. It may be not at school. It might be, it might be at the men's shed. It might be down in the Clontarf rooms. It could be anywhere. School doesn't have to be at school. So my job is to get those boys together, run some projects, whether it's mechanics, sport. Um, it could be a hunting trip. The idea is to get some bums on seats. So we'd love to see them um, really engage with school for this year. Steve, I'd imagine this must have been a plan of yours. To uh, I saw you, I saw you shivering when he was talking about school not being at school. But uh, obviously, it's a, it's quite a major shift in in uh, the way school has been looked at, which I think personally, I think is a, a really uh, a, a good thing. Um, how did you find this fella, and uh, what what's, what uh, prompted you to go down the pathway of, of finding someone who can run these sort of external programs? Uh, great question. So uh, Tony and I are former colleagues. Uh, we worked together in Vigidanga. Obviously, prior to Fitzroy Crossing, I was in Vigidanga for three and a half years. So I knew that uh, I wanted to get good people over to the valley and to help the valley and the kids of the valley. So I, I've asked Tony to join us. Uh, he was out of contract in uh, Vigidanga and I signed him up in Fitzroy for two years. And he gratefully accepted. Yeah, and happy to be here. The and so the 
has there been much thought been put into actually what the program that Tony's um, going to going to run, or is it something that sort of you're building as we go along? Uh, okay, I'll answer that. So yes, so Jesse, who uh, Mr. Jesse, who left us, he had a sort of a, a base for a program that we were running last year. I've asked Tony to expand on that, but also to feed into what the students actually want to do and how it could work for them. And it's about getting them back into learning and getting them back into schooling. Tony, um, uh, Steve was just saying about um, getting stuff that the kids want to do. How do you, how do you, how does that fit with you and how do you reckon that you can find out that information from them? Well, look, let, let me give you an example. This is, this is day three. The boys didn't really turn up on the first day. I went out and met a lot of them, a lot of the families, and today we've had a few boys come through the doors and just basically start with a conversation. You know, run a little activity. It might be a game at school and just start those little conversations. I've already found out today that all the boys have got bikes at home. They're in various states of disrepair. So what they're going to do the rest of this week is bring their bikes in we're getting the tools out and we're just going to um, run a little workshop on, on fixing them up. It's a, for me, it's as simple as that. Touching base with the, the kids, getting to know what they want, not me telling them what to do, finding out what they want and um, just trying to make something happen. So sort of linking the, the, the experience of what they want to do with their, in, their, in their learning. Sort of well, they, so they're, they're, they're motivating themselves. Absolutely, it's called a, a, a ground-up approach, mm. and that's the sort of that's the reason I went to school. It wasn't really I wasn't a uh, book learner. I was motivated by those teachers who got me out of the classroom doing things like outdoors activities and um, well, well, sport camps, those sorts of things. That's why I'm here today doing what I what I do, and I love it. Obviously, it's going to take uh, a fair bit of work to make those contacts, being new and all that sort of stuff. What? How are you sort of uh, planning on? expanding those contacts and apart from obviously just face to face with the kids well we're just starting slowly just going out to meet families i think is probably the the, the best thing to do we uh we're waiting for the rivers to go down and i hope to be running a little uh maybe it's a, a footy and a barbecue out at, at a bailu community coming up in the next couple of weeks just little meet and greets yeah. talk to community and find out um what what the parents needs are and find out where the kids are one of the things that came up in a meeting that I was at not so long ago was the idea of involving the whole family in kids' education. Um, not, you know, so it's not just engaging the kid, but engaging the families. Are there? Um, do you see that as, as a priority? And are there other agencies or groups that you might uh, come bring in to assist you? Look, it's a complicated web moving to Fitzroy. I, I can't believe how many agencies there are here. And in my short short time here I, I've been here a week three days at work there are so many agencies putting their hand up to help it's about it's about coordinating the help yeah so it's a very exciting time with all these people on board Steve bring you in there the, the obviously as the principal you've you're in charge of the school how do, you, how do you see that that's a major role say for yourself in in helping that coordination of with other agencies happen yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, a lot of these students uh, have been disengaged for a long time, so we need to um, work together, all the agencies, and, and really work on each other's strengths as well. Yesterday, I, I was lucky enough to be in a meeting, in it, which I thought was a really good meeting with Mar with Mar with Marawara and their yep. the ASIS team. 
that's what it's called. Yeah, raised, the raised, 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 yeah. raised team. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the the ideas that were being thrown around the room about how the school and the RAS team uh, could um, work together was, well, I thought, was really good. And I, and I believe that um, uh, the, the Marawara are looking to expand that program a bit to, to look at generally how we might engage across the board. I know I've, I've had conversations with the acting CEO uh, about their engaging with us at the men's shed to say how do we how do we you know how do we fit into that as well and, and yep. uh, I know Tony and I have had a, had a discussion about that too. Um, any other things that you would like to mention about the school and oh, yep. what what things you'd I've like to tell list. us? Yeah, um, just obviously the general message that school's open. Uh, we've returned from the uh, Christmas break. Uh, if you are out of Fitzroy Crossing due to floodwaters or for other reasons, please call the school and let them know. We, we're trying to track down where all our kids are. Uh, also, next week we're launching our Shooting Stars program, which is our program for girls. So we've, we've got a partnership uh, with Shooting Stars. That, will, that date will be confirmed, but it's most likely Tuesday next week. So that, that Shooting Stars program is a bit like what the old girls' academy used yeah, to be? Yeah, it's an, a net, netball base, uh, but it's also, uh, also going to be uh, girls' footy, uh, well-being, very, very important gap that we've had in the school and to support the girls coming through. And who's the, who's the lady? I, saw, I think I met her yesterday. Who's the lady uh, that's going to be Samantha Shepherd. Right. has taken that role on and we're so just just on that we're, we are advertising for a second position for shooting stars uh, which is on their website and will also be posters around the school so you're looking for local person yep, for that local preferably? person uh, woman yep and yep. we've also got uh, two uh, job pools open at the moment for EA mainstream education assistant mainstream and special needs education assistant right. to work with some of our special needs students do they need any special qualifications no no we, you get on the job training through uh, supported by tafe right well that's a that's a a, a big um, discussion point that came up i know at the men's shed meeting in november was the the idea of being able to employ local people and trying to uh, skill them up so that they're able to actually do the the job successfully so there's some opportunities you listeners yep. out there if so you're they're on the they're section. on the sorry jeff they're on the jobs wa website uh there'll be some posters put up around town <coughs> uh linda jones at the school or d carter or mamaji want to have a chat to mamaji around town we, we are looking for at least three or four people to come in and support the kids oh, are you looking for a gardener too is that right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Corey, our gardener's on leave at the moment, uh, but we, yeah, we've got Jack, our gardener. He's doing a great job. School's looking magnificent. It is looking pretty good. And uh, numbers-wise, how's it looking? Yeah, not too bad given the conditions. Um, there's over 150 students at school today. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, considering the highway was closed and the flooding around. Yeah, uh, also. Just to all the parents out there, uh, school bus runs will be on tomorrow. The school bus services are returning. They haven't been able to run due to the floodwaters. Now, we're getting the signal here from Mr Binder to wind this up, but but uh, you tell us that the ratings go up yep. substantially. When yeah, you, when you, how when can you, you stop so this I've, quality talk? Wayne, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying I can't wind this up while we're, our ratings are going through the roof. Oh, it's stupid. <laughs> 
So a question, Steve, uh, yeah. from Stephen to Stephen. Staff, I understand you've got quite a number of new staff this year? Uh, yeah, some new staff. I wouldn't say a lot. We've got 10 new staff. Um, okay. That's part of part and parcel of living in Fitzroy. Uh, people do their time and then they move on. Uh, we've acted, actively recruited people to fit specific roles within the school. That's how someone like Tony comes along. Uh, I, kn- I knew the job that he had done down in Bidjadanga and I brought him across to Fitzroy to run a similar program. Are there any, any other um, people that you've targeted for specific programs down there? Uh, yep, so obviously we've restructured the high school, so we've got a high school science teacher, we have a design and technologies teacher, we have a high school maths teacher, and we obviously have home economics, so we're running all the core subjects. Right. Um, no music teacher this year? Uh, not as not as we speak, but it's definitely in the pipeline. Right. Uh, Aaron Morton, our science teacher, does have a bit of a musical background, uh, Whether we, and perhaps Tony even. That's something we could expand on. But a music teacher at Fitzroy uh, Valley District High School is definitely in the pipeline. Right, Tony, uh, just to, to bring you back in, uh, you, you're a football man, even though rugby league previously well uh, look I'm a, I'm a Dockers fan so oh, does that, mate, does well, that you're, count you're a friend for life <laughs> oh, right. oh. a friend for life um, I'll have to give you a Dockers the ratings fan. just went down no. <laughs> hey mate, mate Liam Henry plays for the Dockers yes. mate and he's a local yes. so, so it doesn't matter what you say the, the ratings are going up and any relation to yours oh it just happens to be our grandson oh, we grandson. won't say anything no, right. um, Tony footy I think we've we've had this discussion. I know, and I hope you're going to answer the way that we talked about it the other day. But football obviously is a is a big draw card for some of these disengaged kids. Do you see that as something that that can be promoted within the schools? That, you know that whole engagement area. Of course. Why why shouldn't it be? I mean, in um, in conjunction with the the Clontarf boys who run a who run a great show there, I would really like to get all of those great Fitzroy footballers to come and re-engage in school so we can, um, we can get a team together. In fact, we are going to start playing football every Friday if we can get a few, a few people through the door. So the I'm putting it out there. Steve doesn't know this. Football on Fridays. Yeah. Oh, Stephen's just fallen off the chair. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm getting the wind-up signal again from Mr Binder. So, look, guys, it's been fantastic having you in here. I hope that you both have a very good school year, that you get the numbers through the roof, and, uh, Tony, that you're able to engage these kids, and, yeah, good luck in that, and hopefully the Men's Shed will be able to support you uh, in that. And I'm, we're having a meeting on Monday to talk about the space down at the men's shed and how that might be able to be utilised for programs like that. So we'll keep in touch and come back and see us. Steve, we, it, it, I'm yeah, book, come me back. In, book me in for my weekly slot. Okay, we'll we'll do that. Right, okay, Jeff, thanks very right, much. Thank you, thanks, everyone. Please. Thanks, listeners. Um, on air. Okay, now, that was Ronnie Jimity from uh, Turning Back the Past, a lovely rendition of that song that was uh, recorded uh, on Singing Up the Country album back in about 1994, I think it was, from uh, memory. Now, the uh, next guest we uh, have on In the Valley is Amanda O'Halloran, who is the CEO of the Shire of Derby West Kimberley. Hi, Amanda, and Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year to you too, Jeff. How are you? Uh, we're very good. We've had lots of rain and it's, uh, everything looks green and everything's fresh. Uh, did you enjoy your break? 
Uh, yes, I had a little bit of a break, um, just the quick normal statutory days, but that was all very good. And likewise, i um, been experiencing some beautiful weather over here in Derby, so it's been lovely. The uh, things obviously are starting to crank up at the beginning of the year. Uh, have, you, uh, have you yourself been pretty busy in the last couple of weeks? Uh, look, we have. I suppose it never really stops and uh, we get busier because many people do take an opportunity to have the uh, Christmas and the summer holidays, I call them, off. So we always sort of think that from Australia Day onwards, it's back into business and let's really get up and going. So we have been pretty <laughs> frantic because um, we've had much less staff, but getting back to normal now and I think we're nearly back at 100%. So looking forward to getting on with it. Did, uh, did you have any problems with staff who maybe went to Perth and uh, had to isolate or anything? Uh, look, we did. We um, we had uh, five staff that came back during um, the lockdown and that um, precautionary time that was put out by the Premier. We did decide to take quite a hard line on that um, to ensure that we were sort of taking responsibility for our actions across the valley. And so we did put uh, five staff into working at home, advising that they didn't go out, that their children didn't go to school and that they um, stayed locked down until Friday. Um, a couple have had tests and have proved negative and a couple of others at the moment don't meet the criteria to have a test but have remained locked down. Yeah, mostly a good reminder to everybody the uh, the last week or so that COVID is still around and those things that we were talking about in our original COVID report programs right early last year about washing your hands, keeping your distance, all those things are, are still very pertinent. Look, they are and we have been trying to sort of launch a bit of a campaign to make sure that you know we perhaps aren't as aren't complacent which maybe we have all become a little bit the other thing that has <laughs> been rolled out is the new recording of um you know all of our contact registers and understanding who is and isn't in buildings and things so the shire again has taken that to um probably you know quite an extreme on one level but we're wanting to make sure that we have very clear uh reporting mechanisms so if you enter any of our facilities for any reason uh you will be asked to either scan or fill in the register and staff will be at those sites um, in most instances to support people to fill that in where that sometimes is a little complex but um, we're really keen to make sure that we're as proactive as possible and protect um, you know the health and well-being of our Shire members. Hello Amanda it's Wayne here um, I just want to ask uh, is there a role um, given that the uh, uh, you know there's a lot of water around and I know the main roads are, uh, are handling the, uh, the highway you can hear me can you hear me okay? Yep. Um, so, has the Shire got a role to play in terms of uh, around the streets in the towns, fixing them? Uh, in, in what regard do you mean? Oh, if there's damage to the roads, the Shire will be on to it. You know, the, the main roads are fixing the highways, of course, but... Uh, in the yeah, town. so our town streets, um, our boys I know have been keeping an eye on what's happening and will most certainly be doing repairs as soon as possible. Obviously some things get damaged and there is this scheme that's called, um, well it's actually called Dr Farwar and it's an incredibly complex scheme, but that is where um, we can access disaster funding sometimes from the state government and state and federal government. So some assessments will be undertaken where there's been extreme damage and then we'll need to go through a process in that regard uh, but anything in the short term please make sure that um, your listeners are reporting that uh, either at the visitors centre online through our report uh, mechanisms uh, or to Ken and we'll make sure that we try and repair what we can to make sure that they're safe all the time. 
Uh, we're in the valley, uh, number one for 21, and we're talking to Amanda O'Halloran, who's the CEO of the Shire of WS Kimberley. Amanda, um, there's been a bit of, uh, a, not disruption, but a, a change of the at the top of the um, councillor um, uh, list. Um, Jeff's uh, had to stand aside, is that correct? Yes, so our Shire President is currently on a leave of absence, it's called. Uh, Jeff has um, put his name up uh, as a Liberal candidate in the state election. Uh, He took leave from last Thursday. We were anticipating the announcement of the election formally um, being launched today, actually, but um, obviously with COVID going on, the Premier hasn't done that. Whether or not that changes the actual date set down as the 13th of March, we're all waiting with bated breath to understand but Jeff has gone on leave until the election Um, that's to ensure that there is no impropriety and that there's sort of no innuendo of um, of of, um, you know any conflicts and those sorts of things so he will be on leave and Paul White our deputy will assume the role of president and take on his duties until that time. Uh, Amanda Wayne here. Sorry to jump all over the place with these oh. questions, but I'm interested, uh, uh, and it's a roads question again. Uh, responsibility for, um, and in our case, it's Coles Express. Uh, that that drive in there is that a shy responsibility, or is that theirs? The where? Sorry, Wayne. Uh, you know the Coles Express here in Fitzroy Crossing. Ah, uh, okay. Um, no, so that's actually um, private land, and. Um, and that is the responsibility of the um, the owners of Coles Express. The uh, I've, I heard a little whisper that that is going to actually be um, fixed in the next couple of weeks. So watch that okay. space, I think, Wayne. And yeah, it's, um, there's local uh, some contractors being put on to to do that. So Jeff Davis on yeah, the case. It has, um, it has raised its head a number of occasions, and um, but yes, we we are only ever your crossovers. So just that small bit at the edge of the road that crosses into a block and the road in front of or around in the streets, that's you, that is the only time that the council sort of has any responsibility or our own car parks in front <laughs> of our own buildings, Wayne, just for your future reference. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, we'll forgive him for, for interrupting no, there and, the, and, and tra- getting a change of thought. Uh, now let's go back to uh, just the representation. If uh, if Jeff does uh, is successful in being elected for the for the position, uh, what happens? What happens then? Uh, so it's actually a decision of council how we proceed. Given that this year is an election year in October and it would mean that we would have about six months um, prior to that that we would be down. So Jeff, um, Jeff would resign, sorry, and he's not allowed to hold under the laws um, a position as a state member and a councillor. So he would assume his state membership and um, and resign from council. And, and council would then decide if they had an election immediately or if they applied to the Electoral Commission to run with eight councillors, which is very acceptable, and then proceed to the election yeah. It would be my advice to proceed to an election in October because elections cost council about $30,000 to undertake to do it in the appropriate manner and um, and we'd be doing it again in October anyway and that 
so it would be the best and the most sort of cost effective way forward and uh, i'd imagine council doesn't have an extra thirty thousand just to flip around does it <laughs> no well i think we could better spend it couldn't we jeff <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um we've been talking to amanda helen who's the ceo of the show amanda thanks very much for joining us at short notice um obviously during the year we'll uh, make contact uh, quite a few more times and uh get an update on how the Shire is travelling. So uh, all the best for 2021 and let's hope things turn out well. No worries. Thank you. Same to you too and I look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thanks, Thanks Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. Oh, one last time and uh, very appropriate. Uh, one last time for Wayne Binder in your last oh. in the valley. So that's, that's a tribute to you, Wayne, from Oh, Benji. thank you. Yep. That's good. That's good. And, and I'm really impressed that you picked the person... That sang that song, that's good. Oh, yeah, my memory hasn't faded yet. I'm getting old, but I'm, I'm doing all right. Now, Indigo. Hello. Uh, I don't know if you've been introduced on the radio before, but for the, not. to our new program, we would like to really welcome you to Fitzroy Crossing, and thanks for coming to be the manager and taking Wayne's place at Wongi Radio, and uh, for coming into In the Valley number one for 21. Absolute pleasure. And I plan on being back a few times, I reckon. That's what we like to see. Now, I hear tell it was a very interesting trip to get here. (laughs) How long did it take to get from over in the eastern states uh, to Fitzroy? Well, you know, pick me as the one who would, of course, choose to try and take a job on the other side of the country when there's border barriers in place, right? Uh, So I grew up and have been spent the last 12 months living at home again in the Bega Valley on the very far south coast of New South Wales. Right down in the Victorian border. Just a little bit different weather conditions there. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I'm six hours south of Sydney, uh, and in the weeks, well, in the week just after Wayne contacted me and offered me the job, uh, I had it all planned that I was going to drive two and a half hours to Canberra and get on a plane and fly to Perth and then come to Broome, and the plan was we were doing that whole thing in one day. I was going to be here by the end of, you know, 18 hours or something on a plane, but I was going to be here straight away. And then the next day, there was the COVID outbreak on the northern beaches in Sydney. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mark McGowan, of course, decided that he needed to shut the border completely to the whole state of New South Wales. And I don't, I don't question that at all. You know, he did the right thing, I think, really. But it made life for me a little bit complicated because <laughs> suddenly I couldn't get into WA at all without there being 28 days of zero COVID cases in the whole state of New South Wales, right? So I was like, "Ah, what do we do now? Did a little bit of digging around and realised that Queensland still had an open border. So I could go to Queensland for two weeks and as long as I'd spent 14 days in Queensland, then I'd be able to come here. My dad lives in Queensland, so that's all right. Can't spend two weeks with dad. And then seven days in, there's the Brisbane outbreak (laughs) and McGowan closes the border to the whole state of Queensland. Uh, what? So then Wayne and I had to spend a whole lot of time campaigning state governments and police and all sorts of people saying, you know, it'd be good if we could get the new manager here. And they finally decided it was okay for that to happen. So they let me fly into Perth and quarantine in Perth for two weeks. Right. So that was a month from day of departure to arriving in Perth. Oh, to, sorry, to, to finishing in Perth in quarantine. And then I was here on Sunday. So. And, and there was a bit of excitement on on Sunday too because I know Wayne and I were talking earlier in the week about whether he could get to Broome to pick you up. Yeah, well, I, I had to uh, ask the locals um, what was the best plan. 
uh, whether to go or not to go. In the end, I decided, well, Saturday was the better way to go and to get there, and that was perfectly fine. You know, there was a bit of water on the roads, but not too bad for a conventional vehicle. And, um, yeah, we got there on Saturday, you know, stayed, and then uh, picked up Indy, and away we we came for for here. And the next step was that um, when I... When I landed in Broome, I then learnt that in the hour and a, well, two and a half hours that I'd been on the plane, there'd been an event take place in Perth, and there was the chance that I could have been asked then to quarantine for two weeks again, or you know at least five days of lockdown. So I was waiting to find out whether I was going to get some sort of call from the government to say, right, you were in Perth in this period, so you now need to lock yourself down in your in your house. Actually, it's a wonder they didn't. I know, and. and if we're lucky because if they had then of course that would then mean of course wayne would have had to lock down as well and you know we would have been in a bit of strife here at wongi for a few days absolutely i'm well that's the triple f they call it but we won't tell you what triple we, f we is. won't, Not on we won't indeed jeffrey <laughs> that, i guess the good thing is that um we still still haven't had a case of covid in the valley and that's something to be proud of very absolutely very proud of now indigo um just a little bit of background on uh, where you came from um, prior to so know, just to here. I've done a whole lot of a whole lot of radio stuff all over the place. Um, uh, my latest gig was twelve months in the Nandara Indigenous lands, which are at what's known by whitefellas as the uh, Surveyor General's Corner, the tri-state border where uh, WA, Northern Territory, and South Australia are all connect up. Yep. So I was working for Nandara Media um, on a space of desert the size of Germany cruising around the desert from community to community, training locals in making radio and maintaining studios and all that sort of stuff. So that was 12 months. And then COVID happened and I decided I wasn't going to go back to the desert after Christmas because of COVID last year. And so I spent 2020 at home, just working from home, producing a podcast, mucking around. And yeah. Wayne, we uh, yep. last couple of minutes of the program, we'll uh, have a, a very quick chat to you as we're saying goodbye. Um, what highlights uh, would you say in your time that you spent in on Wongi Radio that oh. strike you the best? Oh, catching up with you again, Jeff, and making sure that you're involved <laughs> in the programming, um, new programming here. And if uh, if somebody was to ask me what would I do if I did it uh, again, uh, what would I do differently? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do much at all differently. It's just a hard slog, um, but very rewarding, and that's the advice I, I would give to um, to Indy. You know. Now you've 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 received a few awards in the time that you've been here. Um, don't you give yourself credit for them? Oh no, not really, not me. I don't sort of do that. But um, you know, that's for others to talk about and that. But I've just enjoyed the experience and the wonderful people of the valley, uh, and the people in Wongi Radio. We, uh, we've certainly appreciated the, the really good work you've done, Wayne, and uh, good luck for you in Geraldton and, uh, and beyond. We will be staying in contact with you. Absolutely. Um, it's just about time to wind uh, the program indeed. up. So good luck, Indy, in taking Wayne's place. Um, Thank you. Wayne, uh, happy trip, and uh, we will see you guys this time next week. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Stephen and Indy. A pleasure. Thanks, Wayne. See you, everyone.